This crowd has gone deadly silent. Cinderella story, out of nowhere, a former greenskeeper now about to become the Masters champion. <clears throat> it looks like I'm a wreck. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Hey, where you going with those clubs, huh? Mr. Gilmore, I'm your chatty. Oh, I'm sorry about that. No, 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 let me carry these, all right? They're my grandfather's. Welcome back to Who's Your Caddy. I'm your host, Matt Ostick. Alongside me is Jack Cummings and Mac Farley. Mac, you're looking pretty tan over there. Yeah, boys, it's good to be back in Minnesota. Fun week down in Arizona, though. Was able to get out and play a little bit. Um, I'll keep this short, but last Saturday was flying down to Phoenix. As I left my apartment, I was about 30 feet outside, and I pulled barely into the intersection. I got smoked by an elderly lady um, in the 80-year-old range. No cell phone, nothing. I lost my front bumper. My headlight was in the middle of the street. I threw it in reverse 30 feet, got a ride to the airport, made it on time. We showed up to Arizona Grand Hotel. Uh, We booked this thing, I think in July, about eight months ago. We show up, we're fired up. We have golf lined up, pool days. When we show up, they say that there's no room in the inn. They got nothing. Pat Farley was fired up. He had a word with him. We ended up getting five nights stay nice. comps at nice. the Scott Hotel up in Scottsdale. Nice. Turned out to be a great thing, um, but it was a heck of a day. Played out at uh, Arizona Grand on Sunday with St. John's mini tour player Brett Draxler. Fantastic to see him. Would never recommend anyone to play that track, though. Really? We were trying to find who designed the course. They must have erased their name from the scorecard, from the website. They scrubbed their name from all files because this course was terrible. They had seven or eight blind tee shots. Um, It did keep things interesting, though. Um, (laughs) That being said, four out of five stars on Golf Advisor. I don't know. It might be because of their their BevCart ladies. Might have influenced that by about three stars. Um, But that being said, it was a fun round with Drax. After that, we got out to Vista Verde with St. John's Golf Team. That's a great track. I know they, Jack, you said they have a couple mini tours. They got a few mini tours out there. I've actually played there quite a bit. Uh, They got the Outlaw Tour um, out there, maybe even some Pepsi Tour stuff, stuff like that. But uh, cool track, is it not? Absolutely. Newly renovated and redesigned by the Laymans. They were fortunate to get us out there. So it was fun playing with those boys. They're looking forward to a fantastic spring season. Uh, Then I was able to tee it up with local mini tour player uh, Pete Sanko, St. Thomas grad. Uh, Blaine native Um, and so it was fun he beat me both rounds unfortunately but uh, a lot better more championship level track in the Raven Um, excited to be back here in Minnesota though awesome we're glad to have you back glad to all be together today uh, or tonight I should say Um, today on the podcast we're going to recap the Arnold Palmer Invitational um, talk about what a great round uh, Francesco Molinari had to finish Uh, quite the finish it was uh, we're also going to talk about um, you know, the Arnold Palmer course and how sweet that was. Tough, tough track this year. Uh, we'll give you some headlines, what happened all this week and going into the next week. Um, we'll also have PGA Tour Canada member Justin Doden on the podcast. He graduated from University of Minnesota, was a star player there for a couple of years, um, and then yeah, decided to turn pro. So we'll have him. He's pumped to be on. We're pumped to have him. Then we'll preview this week at the Players. Uh, the Players is going to be a fun, fun event this year. It's going to be tough for the guys. Uh, they move the event back to March, so the course is playing a lot different um, and tougher. A lot of people calling it the fifth major. Uh, we'll, we'll discuss that. Is it or is it not? Yeah, we'll get into that too. Um, and then we'll have the obvious uh, segment of the day, the Caddyshack. Who you should bet on. We're going to hit on one of these winners here soon. Um, our matchups are going to be good as always. And, yeah, so we're pumped for another episode of Who's Your Caddy? All right, first piece of business, the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Uh, Hope you guys all uh, went to the gas station, got a couple Arnold Palmers, uh, enjoyed the tournament. It was a fun weekend until the end because Francesco Molinari ruined my uh, betting slip for the weekend again. How about you, Jack? Thoughts on Francesco? Oh, my God. I don't want to get in it too much, but... I don't know about you guys. He is time in and time out. 
whenever he wins, it seems to break my heart. I never take him. I never think this guy's going to go out there and do what he does. And he did it at the British Open when I had Tiger. He did it this weekend when I had my horses. And I, it's tough to watch and it's tough to comprehend that a guy like that can go out and shoot. What did he shoot on Sunday? He shot eight 64 under. on Sunday, 8 under par, 12 under for the week. Didn't see it coming. Just didn't see it coming. No. It's just there's nobody out of nowhere. Right. No, I shouldn't call him a nobody. He's a... No. Champion, major champion in the past year, but he's five and all at the Ryder Cup. You know, to be honest, a lot of guys hate him. I'll be the first guy to say I'm not a fan, but I'm starting to come around. And the reason is he's boys with Tommy Fleetwood. He's boys with I mean, I'm not a Euro tour guy um in terms of the Ryder Cup, but I really like their content that they've been putting out. I think he's just kind of a troll. Once you get him in person, he's just kind of out there shooting the shit a little bit. Um he's emotionless on the track. But I'm actually starting to come around on him a little bit. I don't know. I mean, Uh, I'll never come around on him. He's not – I I base guys off of after the round, would I enjoy having a beer with him? And I don't think I would. And I don't even think he drinks beer. So I like, think this guy's underrated. I think you'll find him with your boy Eddie Pepperell. No, no, he even said. He even said he doesn't. I mean, not that I care that people drink or not. I'm just saying he doesn't. He even, has this Ricky persona. I talked about this last week. Uh, he's a he's a behind the scenes good guy. You know him and Tom, You know after that Ryder Cup, him and Tommy Fleetwood went back to their room for that little photo shoot. Yeah, they bunked up. They bunked up. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. Maybe I, don't the, know. I guess the jury's still out for me. Though. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. See, I understand the merit of being a good guy, but I also understand the merit of one having good action and two me just looking at you and liking you or not and personally i don't like this guy um i'm watching the bets on on sunday i had a few horses right in it <laughs> right in it. i'll get into that later but watching him make that bomb putt on 18 pissed me off i mean it's happened to me at any tournament you can look at where some kind of guy comes in there makes a 30 foot banger and it pissed me off i don't know about you guys but yeah i didn't enjoy it and I don't know. I was disappointed. I'll I'll be the first to say, like I said earlier, I'm not – I didn't say I was a fan, but I think he's good for the tour. He's a little bit of a villain at this point. I mean, he's stone cold out there. He's a little Rory Sabatini in him. That's kind of what I'm seeing. Even worse. Now you made me dislike him even more. Um, Matthew Fitzpatrick finished uh, second, minus 10. And I actually had him on Sunday. Can I talk about that a little bit? Go right ahead. So I had Fitzpatrick. I went a little bit dicey on Saturday. And I do this every week. I told you guys last week that I like to take live bets on Saturday when my dogs don't make it. Because let's be honest, I had Bo Hostler. I'm sorry (laughs) if you guys took him. Um, Solid round on Friday, actually, 66. But let's get past that. So I had Fitzpatrick, and I had... Uh, and I had Wallace coming into Sunday. Dark looked, horse. They looked strong. I love Wallace's demeanor. I love how intense he is on it. So I'm watching this come in, and I know it's – and here's the putt. We're watching actually live Golf Channel right now. We're watching the putt where he Just makes – Just another dagger. 35 foot. Yeah, this is going to put me to sleep. But um, – I'm watching this come in on Sunday, and I got some dogs in it. And obviously, Molinari gets to 12 under, right? Yep. And – I know, okay, there's a shot here. We got a par five on 16. Here we go. And I'm looking at these pins coming in, and my God, were they chippy. You couldn't get at them. You couldn't get at them whatsoever. It made any sort of comeback almost unfathomable. It, like, no, it wasn't happening. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, you make you make your birdie on 16. Other than that, 14 through 18, you make par. You win the golf tournament if you're in the lead. And that – that was the part I was most frustrated with is that my dogs couldn't go at the pin coming in. Yeah, no, I agree, uh, including Fitzpatrick. Uh, another guy, Tommy Fleetwood. Matty Ice and I both had him we as both, a pick. And he was looking great going into Saturday, and then the lights shine bright and Tommy fades again. Yeah, well, and I mean. He just, he, the only time he doesn't fade is when it's he's on Europe against the U.S. That's the only time he doesn't fade. And it, it pisses me off. Like, I love Tommy, but I'm starting to dislike Tommy. Did you know he was an aim, aim point army guy? Yeah, I, I no, never he knew he was in on the aim point. His caddy, as I saw him warming up, I believe it was on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I don't know if it was his caddy or his coach, but he's like six seven and just a beast, pointing at all the other tour players, telling him get out of the way. Um, I don't know, Matt. Do you, do you know if it's his caddy? It is his caddy. It is his caddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I. I mean, I mean as a who's your caddy podcast? That's your, what I'm looking yeah. at. So 
Uh, no interesting story there, too. Uh, another notable, tied for sixth, Rory McIlroy. Just once again, loses the putter, loses his wedges. Strokes gained putting on the week, minus two, which is not good, losing two strokes to the field. Ah, Rory. Like, <laughs> Mac, you're a Rory guy. I'm a Rory guy. I'm not worried. I'm going to say this right now. He's 188 from 75 to 100 yards, and that's where he seems to drive the ball every every other hole. I'm going to say this right now. I'm concerned about his wedges, not his putter. And in addition to that, I think there's a lot of hype, early events. I don't think the season starts until the players this week to be started. Um, Also, I saw a lot of early signs in this week that he's – I feel like he's had his B game and he's finished top five, top five, top five, top six. So can I jump in here? Yeah, go right ahead. The thing that's getting me, and we discussed this last week. Yeah, You have some hot takes on Rory. And, you know, I was – putting him to to the wayside before this but when's this guy gonna close one out when's it gonna happen i mean obviously he's got the cojones to do it but gosh i mean fitzpatrick put up more of a fight than rory on on yeah rory was fitzpatrick shot one under par rory shot even i don't want to hear that but but rory got it back to even after he was out of the golf tournament rory was five shots back and then all of a sudden he decides to birdie the par five should have probably eagled it, but can't so he's a back it. nine clutch player. No, he's a back nine clutch player when it doesn't matter. So <laughs> Rory, 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 Rory. I'll never pick him. I can't stand the guy. Good, <laughs> whatever. That being said, I might have him this week. <laughs> yeah, well, I might too. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not taking Rory. I did want to talk about Keith Mitchell still playing fantastic golf. Yeah. He's gained the confidence. I don't know. I haven't been following him a ton until the last couple of weeks since he won. But he's been getting the popped collar going out there. No way. I think this is a little bit of a coming on the scene. Brooks Kepka feeling more confident in the media. Keith Mitchell feeling more confident on the course to pop the collar out there I on mean, Sunday. It was 85 degrees on Sunday, and he did. Go oh, it's shoot. a weather thing. He did go out and shoot six under on Sunday, so maybe it's working for him. Maybe it's pop collar Sundays. I've been in on the bucket hat Sundays for those of you that have been following the pod, but. Maybe it's a pop the collar day. Pop the collar. Um, so that's about it for the Arnold Palmer fun event. Mac, anything else? Yeah, I did have two other notables to mention. Um, Sam Saunders did make the cut. It's great to see him taking the reins from he's in a lot of pressure being a family representative in the tournament, being Arnie's grandson. Really good to see him make the cut. Also, I wanted to touch on Oklahoma State's Victor Hovland also made the cut fantastic golfer you're going to see a lot more of him crazy to think that he's one of the top amateurs in the world and he's second on that college team to matt wolf yeah we'll probably talk a little bit more about that once the ncaa championships come around because uh, we do like to follow amateur golf jack anything else from the arnold palmer for you i got nothing except for uh you know like i said 14 through 18 um there were no green light specials which i like to see coming down the stretch make some sort of comeback make it interesting but yeah that's what i had all right a couple headlines from this week uh first off tiger woods is a new putting coach his name is matt colleen um he's actually justin thomas's putting coach as well so i think this is a good move for tiger tiger just needs another set of eyes to uh See how he's doing on the greens and, you know, making sure he's making the right strokes with the right posture. Uh, there's been some critiques of that. Brandel Chambly's been one of them, basically saying he doesn't have the posture that he once did. Maybe it's because the fuse back. Maybe it's because Tiger didn't know what he was doing. But I think it's a good move for Tiger. Uh, your guys' thoughts on that move? Smart? I, I mean, I'm optimistic about yeah. it. At least he's trying um, to better his game. Yeah, and I just think Brandel, I mean, he's doing yet again. He does it all the time. He's taking a shot at Tiger. So I'm not worried about that comment. But um, obviously JT and Tiger have played a lot of rounds together. So um, I think JT's putting coach has a pretty good yeah. grasp on Tiger's stroke. And, right. You know, I'm optimistic about it. I think Tiger knows what he should be doing, and I'm, I'm positive about it. So. Jack, I'm, I'm totally with you there. When we look at... You know, the times that he's consulted Steve Stricker in the past, I believe he's won a couple majors after that consultation. This is the best news that we could could hear coming off that neck injury. I don't know if it's it was affecting his putting. It definitely could have been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think this is fantastic news just to have that second set of eyes. I agree. Another uh, 
story in the realm of putting, Jeff Mager, Champions Tour, five putts of green from about four or five feet. Viral video. Viral video. The reason why I went viral was because how calm he was. We've I, all been there, but we've all been there. I mean, I've done. I'm. I guess I shouldn't say I. I've never five putted. I don't think, but I've had my fair share of probably four putts. And like even when that happens, I probably pick up my ball, even if it's my own club championship. Like to do this in a senior tour event and to be that calm is absurd. Badass. Fire, fired a casual seventy six with a five putt. I can. I can honestly say I have five putted before, not from that close of distance, but. I don't know how you played it off without a facial expression. Well, and then, then he comes back the next day, and there's a 59 watch for him. Shoots still like, I think, five or six under, but he kind of choked at the end. Not a five-putt choke, but did choke at the end. So that's a little on that. Uh, story's viral. You could just look up his name, and uh, you'd find it. Jack, how about you? Any headlines from this week? I got one headline. It's a little bit somber, boys, but uh, I think everyone uh, that's listening, uh, especially from the state of Minnesota, should know about this. But um, unfortunately, uh, a course that I'm very familiar with, I caddied there actually four years in a row, four summers. Um, I was actually an A-list caddy. I was the number one caddy there, oh, there for, you go. for three summers. Jack, so that's, that's why you're on the podcast. That's, why, that's Thanks, the only guys. reason why we added Jack. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, Woodhill Country Club. Unfortunately, we heard news on on Tuesday, March twelfth, that um, they uh, they suffered from a a fire. And I know it sounds weird, but uh, the clubhouse, which is ancient, um, yeah. if you go through it, it's really historic. I mean, both of you have played the course, the whole facility, the course, everything about it is historic. It's it's native and it's really cool. And um, unfortunately, the clubhouse burned down. A um, little bit of background on Woodhill, though. Uh, built in 1917, designed by Donald Ross. Very exclusive course. Actually, kind of tying back to the uh, API. Yeah, that, yep. the API. Arnold Palmer actually has the course record out there. It's a fantastic course. A little short, but uh, greens are great. Fairways are tight. Um, classic Donald Ross course. Fairways are uneven greens you can barely read but um i'm just i'm pretty sad to hear the news about the clubhouse and i hope they recover well yeah that's yeah. really too bad jack i'm with you i've heard some crazy stories about arnold palmer flying in there on his helicopter landing on the first tee going around with a an a-list caddy loop like yourself mm-hmm. and so that's tough to hear also in the news sports betting is taking a headline that's obviously one of our specialties as the who's your caddy podcast Right now, they're saying 2020 is kind of the release date internationally. Still waiting to hear on the U.S. Um, I believe there's eight states right now that are currently legal to sports bet, uh, with the most recent being Arkansas. The biggest news that's come out recently has been that ShotLink data will be real-time worldwide come 2020. And so what that means right now, everything's kind of off the cuff. It's going to be a lot more accurate. What they're saying is for each tournament, they're going to have live cameras on two par threes potentially for every tournament. So if you're sitting at the tables, if you're sitting at home, you can tune in and watch these. I'm sure they'll have, you know, does he hit the green? Does he make birdie type of type of bet? So we're obviously a big fan of that and more to come. Yeah, no, for sure. So there's a couple big headlines for the week for you. Not not too many uh, big ones. Maybe we'll have a couple more next week. Um, now, though, we're going to send it over to our interview with Justin Doden. Uh, it was a fun interview, and we were pumped to have him. Well, we would like to welcome on our biggest guest, uh, Justin Doden. He's a PGA Tour Canada member. Uh, also, he went to the University of Minnesota. Graduated in 2017. He's fourth in Minnesota history with the 71.79 uh season scoring average so that's a big record for him uh he went to that year he went to ncaa regional at stanford and then before his time at minnesota he was an naia all-american justin how are you doing now good morning good morning everything's good town here in south carolina just hanging out working on the game hoping uh, to get back up in canada starting june again yeah no we're pumped for that um what's your your qualifier is what late may or late april April uh, the 22nd it starts four days um, top 20 again get status looking for that again down at uh, Sawgrass should be fun sweet sweet 
Yeah, we're pumped. Uh, I'm hoping to actually possibly get down there since it's a Who's Your Caddy podcast. I'm a caddy. I'm hoping to maybe get down and caddy for you. Uh, that's sweet. So your goal is top 20. Um, what other goals? I mean, if you do make it, what are your goals for the year? Uh, after, a, after a summer on the Canadian Tour, I learned a lot more about not only myself, my game, but just how to handle different situations on the golf course. Um, routine, um, what I should do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday uh, throughout the week. But that was more important than not only learning different shots on, on the golf course, stuff stuff like that. But, I mean, there's big goals for sure. I'm working on different things in my golf swing right now, different things short game-wise. I got, I got huge goals. I would love to be love to be top five come the end of the candidate season. Web.com is definitely in my future. I, both my coach and I down here, David, um, see web.com in my future. And then PGA Tour not long after that. That's awesome. Dotes, can you talk a little bit about your coach, what you guys work on, um, how often do you guys meet or talk? How does that all work? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm very lucky right now. I'm living inside Colleton River right now, which is where awesome. Mike David um, works out of. So I'm very lucky in that aspect. Whenever I feel like I need to visit him or see him, I have that opportunity um, to see him. So I see him at least once a week, if not more than that. Um, we're working really hard right now on on short game, uh, just just for the sense, just for the fact that I don't know if you guys are aware of, but I I did I tore my ACL probably coming up to five months ago. Um, so I'm kind of battling that a little bit. How has that recovery process been? Has it has it affected your putting and short game, or um, has it just mostly been full swing that you've been avoiding? It's actually, honestly, it's been a, a blessing in disguise, so to speak. Um, I'm starting to kind of, I've gotten cleared by the doc about a month ago to start swinging full again. And I've played a few rounds from about 7,000 yards or so. So about like the gold tees out here, not quite the back tees. And I've shot in some few good numbers, like a few 64, 65s. And it's all because of my putting, because of my chipping. And awesome. that's just, that's all, all I've been working on for the last three, four months. So we hear, we hear Tiger talk a lot about his patterns. Are you in between patterns right now, or, or are you locking it in? I've, um, I'm not quite as technical as Tiger. Okay. Or not yet. <laughs> um, cool. So a lot of listeners are wondering, you know, people see, you know, Rory and, and some of these guys play on the tour, and I'm sure their team is setting up all these tournaments for them. How does that early week work for you, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday? What are some of the things you're working on? And also – how are you booking all this travel? You know, I'm sure that takes some of your time. Yeah, a lot of a lot of our listeners, you know, they they understand actually more of the PGA Tour. They they understand how you know Tiger works. He plays nine holes this day, eighteen holes this day, but they don't understand you know what the PGA Tour Canada is like. You know, are you Monday qualifying? You know, give us give them some of that if you would. Yeah, I mean, half the battle definitely is not overdoing it, right? But. Um, so they definitely, PJ Tour Canada, they start you off over in the west and they move east. So we start over in Vancouver and we slowly move our way east to Montreal. Um, but as far as my season last summer, I was exempt for eight, eight events of the 12. And by the time the eighth event came around, I had played well enough to um, secure the last four events. Um, so I didn't have to worry about the last four events, but... Um, as far as Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday goes, I was my first for my first professional um, summer. I was almost playing too much golf Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. This is kind of something I learned as the first um, first year on tour. I was almost grinding too hard out there Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. By the time Thursday came around, I was a little tired. So that's something I'm kind of working on or I learned going forward. Whereas Tiger does a great job of it, plays nine holes. Monday, maybe nine holes Tuesday, and then maybe 18 Wednesday. Um, but every player is different. Everyone needs to figure their own routine out, so to speak. Um, but, yeah, no, Canada's great. They play great golf courses. Each, each city, they have a great turnout. Um, they run events um, just like the PJ Tour does. They got great officials. Everything's, everything's great. 
That's awesome. Dodes, can you talk a little bit about, I know you play a lot of top tier tracks in your amateur career at the U of M at Cardinal Stritch. How do some of those courses that you're playing, let's say in some big 10 events, um, compare to what you're seeing up in Canada in terms of difficulty? Are they tighter? Are they, you know, obviously you're, you're fully roped up there and everything's tournament condition. Right. Um, I would, I'd say the, just the main difference, honestly, is just competition. I mean, uh, the winner, the winning score out on, uh, like, let's say a college event is anywhere from five to eight under par in a college event. Right. The winning score on a Canada event is anywhere from 15 to 20 under. And quite honestly, I would say courses are pretty similar. They're both manicured very well. I was pretty lucky in college, fortunate that college events were also very nice. We played pretty prestigious golf courses in college. We played some of the best. You know, you played your Winsong Farm golf course, which is a very nice golf course. And then you traveled out, out of state and played some really nice golf courses. And so far, my professional career, I've gotten to play some pretty nice golf courses up in Canada. And they keep them very nice. Greens are rolling awesome they don't set it up as 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 tough as you maybe think but at the same time if you have a tough day you can easily shoot a couple over um but guys are the winning score is 20 under plus almost every week up on professional ranks and if you're not shooting three four under par in two days you're probably missing the cut so i mean the just the level of play is totally different from college but it's it's where it's where you want it's where I want to be no doubt because it's it's uh it's fun to compete against those type of players for sure. So I know that you have only played on the PGA Tour Canada, but some of our listeners have also heard about you know the Latino American Tour, right? Uh, which is basically the adequate, just it's in Latin America. Right. What I know you haven't played on it, but what made you decide PGA Tour Canada over the Latino America? I'm, I'm heard I, I'm sure you've heard some stories. Right. About you know Latino America, what what made you that what made you make that decision? There was probably probably my my team down here, uh, my coach and I. There's probably three main things. One travel. It's there's more travel in between events. They kind of go from country to country down there. Um, two was a la- little bit of a language barrier for me. Um, and the third one. What you don't speak spl- uh, fluent Spanish? No, Espanol. I don't speak too. <laughs> Spanish, um, and well, and the second one was just like how they, or the third one rather, was just how the golf courses. I heard the golf courses weren't as pure, so to speak, as they are up in Canada. But I, I don't, don't get me wrong. I, the, the talent down there, the how the golf courses are, the tournaments are run. I heard everything else is really good. I don't take anything away from the tour down there. Definitely. So, Doden, looking back at your college career, into your pro career, um, at what point did you know, hey, I'm turning pro, I'm giving this a go? And also, a lot of viewers want to hear, what's that process like of turning pro in terms of, you know, what do you have to do? What was it like, you know, maybe getting that first paycheck right out of the gates? Yeah. I th- Honestly, I think this goes back to even some, even our hockey days with you guys. Like, when we were growing up playing hockey, at one point, all three of us learned how to, like, when we were growing up, we were skating. At one point, we, none of us knew how to skate. We, we failed a bunch of times, and then we finally figured out how to succeed in that sport. I think it's the same with me in, in golf. At one point, I was a beginner. I failed a bunch of times and finally got better, better, better. For some reason, golf is just one of those addicting sports for me that, I, I never I never get bored of it. I never get sick of it. I love the I just love finding new ways to get better. This I don't know. It's just a very addicting sport for me, and I love different aspects of it. I love the camaraderie, the meeting new people. Uh, just when I'm during around a golf, I feel different emotions out there all the time. Um, I don't know if that quite answered your question. I don't remember the last part of the question. To be no, honest. you're you're getting me fired up just talking about that. Um, but, uh, I guess, no, that was a great answer. And then getting into turning pro, what's that process like? And, and maybe what's it like when, you know, you realize you can actually make a paycheck at one of these events and it's, and it's real. Yeah. 
to be honest with you, I mean, you never really know if you're good enough, quite honestly, and until you go out there and give it a go. And so probably the last four or five events of my uh, summer this past summer was like where I actually was like, all right, let's play some good golf here and let's see if we're, let's see if we have what it takes. And finally, I still didn't play to what I think my fullest potential was. And I finished probably, I think I finished 12th, 18th and maybe 16th or something. And so I finally told myself like, you know what, after those three weeks, I said, let's, you have what it takes. Let's bear down this next winter and let's get it done coming up here in the summer. So it, it was rewarding for sure seeing after you bear down, you knock off the nerves, the rust of the first couple events of your first professional whatever summer. And it was fun. It was definitely rewarding just knowing that you could potentially do something you love for the rest of your life and, and, make, some, and make money on that. That was, that was definitely a rewarding feeling for sure. For sure. And Dodes, obviously, as a, as a Who's Your Caddy podcast here, um, we know co-host Matty Ice here has looped for you uh, part-time oh, yeah. on and off. With that said, what do you look for in a caddy? You know, at, you know, are you looking for different advice at different points? What do you, what do you rely on out there and what do you look for uh, with some of the top loopers in the world? Like Matty Ice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like most importantly, like, I'm definitely a type of golfer that I like. I could definitely do things on my own, but like if I, I like just to like relay. Where's the wind here? Is it off the left? Yep. Like more, more confirming um, than anything. Um, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, can like up in Canada, I was playing with a lot of local guys, local caddies, um, and they were just usually young kids that didn't really know better. Can, can you, like, sorry to interrupt, can you tell a story about, I don't know if you remember it, but you told me a, a kid dropping the towel and wanting food after like nine holes. Yeah, this was actually Montreal, one of my better finishes, quite honestly. <laughs> I think maybe he was one of the reasons why I played played well, because I was more worried about my caddy messing up than my even my golf <laughs> round. But he dropped my putter head cover probably six times, my towel probably three or four times, didn't speak English, he spoke French. Like it was, it was more comical than anything, but yeah, he was quite honestly, he was the worst caddy I've ever had, but huh. it was, it was almost like eye opening to, to experience, to experience that and realize like, wow, a caddy actually helps you so much than to have this guy. You could probably like put cat, like, I don't know, golf clubs on a dog and it would have been better than this guy. Huh. I don't know. It was just. But to be honest with you, just having a guy who cares, who you can confirm things like, hey, where's this wind? Is it off the left? And he says, yes, off the left. Trust it. Like, that's all you need, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I will say there are, like, the caddy is what, you know, the caddy has to recognize the player. And, like, for you, it's more of a psychological than it is, like, a numbers type of deal for you. So, like, I figure that out. Whereas if I, like, caddy for Mac, it's, we're talking numbers. We're talking 385 carry. Can he do it? I mean, I'm no, I'm no Bryson out there, but yeah, I hear you. I'm with you. Um, I do want to get to a listener question. I told you Tyler Schumacher was one of them, um, to, and it, it does go back to go. I can't talk it's early in the morning. It does go back to um, talking about hockey, and you want to know. Looking back, are you glad that you played hockey all the way through high school? Um, you know, or would you recommend you know kind of specializing in one sport? I would never give up those memories for anything. Yeah. Yeah. Not a, never. I mean, just like, what is it? Last weekend, I state hockey tournament just finished up. And boy, it brought back memories for sure. Yeah. Every, every time that tournament goes on, I just, I still remember. I still remember those memories playing in the state hockey tournament. And then even junior hockey, like, I'll just, I'll never forget those memories. Right. Do, do you think that's helped in any way to translate to your golf game? The perseverance, the – absolutely. I mean, hockey, you learn how to – I mean, bring like I said before, you learn how to fail before you succeed. So, absolutely. Golf is no no different. All right. So, Doge – actually, Matt here has a viewer question. I have, I have one more listener question for you. Um, it's from Andy Carroll. He plays hockey down at Mankato State. Uh, he's also a really good golfer, but he always – as the close-to-scratch golfer, what's the one thing I should be working on to get my scores in the 60s more often? Putting. Putting. Hands down. If you okay. can make 
if you can sharpen up your your putting inside of six feet, I think that that uh, that number will will come down here very quickly. Very very direct. I like it. It's probably not what they want to hear, but uh, you know that's got to work. At out the it. end of the day, that's that's what drops those scores. Throw that towel down and get dirty. So those were here at seven a.m. Central, uh, eight a.m. Eastern time, uh, where you're at. What what have you done? You know, so far today, what's your? You know, this is kind of sort of the off season. You're just getting ramped up, yep. looking at some events. Yep. What does your day look like today? And is that pretty indicative of what you're doing a lot of the days, um, kind of at this time of year? Well, I woke up about 7 a.m. That's about the usual. Made a little breakfast. Had a little coffee. What'd you have for breakfast? I had some avocado toast. That's kind of the go-to. Man. With, with yeah. some eggs. Um, so I'm still doing this. I'm still doing some therapy with the knee. So, um, so I have a few exercises to do there, to do there, some stretching. So I knock that out of the way. And I hit some balls for a few hours in the morning. Haven't got to that because I'm taking care of this with you fellas. Yeah, we're holding you, holding you back here. No, 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 not at all. <laughs> this is fun. Um, but I have a tea time at 1 o'clock today, so that should be fun here at the die course. They've hosted US, U.S. Junior Am over here. Great, great golf course. 7,300 yards from the tips. Um, playing with another, I think with our assistant pro, good player. Um, but yeah, I'll practice before that, play, and then if there's something to work on after there, after that I will, or I'll go see David if I need to. Awesome. So a couple of quick hits here. All right. So this is kind of more just gut reaction um, in terms of, you know, kind of what you'd rather or, and there's a couple open-ended questions. Okay. First one, bucket hat or visor? And would you wear either in a tournament? Uh, visor. All right. Biggest golf pet peeve? Oh, um, moving like either a body part or a club when, when I'm swinging. Okay. Someone else. How about the, the most talented player that you've seen um, or played with? Oh, good question. Um, great question. Great question. That's a oof. Besides yourself. That's a, <laughs> that's a good one. Um, um, I played with you. I don't know if you guys remember the story about that Cody Blick getting his club stolen this past Yeah. Year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Played with him this summer. He's a stud. Wow. He's on fire. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's right up there with pretty talented. Okay. And then we're looking at some of the tournaments on your, you know, preliminary schedule this summer. I know you talked about doing a couple other events and Monday, you know, some Monday qualifiers. If you could win one tournament on your schedule this coming year, what, what would it be and why? Mm, good question. Um, ooh, good question. Um, So there is a Savannah Monday coming up here, the 25th okay. of March. Um, that would mark the like just over six months, six month mark of my of my recovery. I'm planning on playing that. I'm doing the Monday first, and then it's a Web.com event, the Savannah event. Um, I'd love to get back there. I plan on competing for the in the Monday, um, but that'd just be an awesome way to come back for my recovery, play well on the Monday, get into the event. And if I could win the, that web uh, Savannah event, it would just kind of culminate the six months of hard recovery I've put in. Um, I was, I mean, I'll be honest, the first month of my recovery was tough. I mean, I was sitting on my butt, not doing much, but it would be, it was a long five months after that. So that'd be awesome. Come back. We, yeah. we can get you in touch with Tiger um, if you want to talk about his recovery. I think we got to sell here. I know he's been through a lot, so maybe that's a good idea. We'll forward you that. Uh, one last quick hit from me. Resorters or Pine to Palm? Resorters. Yeah. Oh, man, a lot of golfers are listening to this pod. I don't know oh. how they'll feel about that. Although a lot of them have changed to Resorters now. I will say that. Um, any other questions from you, Mac? No, I mean, that was a lot of, a lot of my quick hits. And obviously, Doden, we appreciate you being a great friend of the pod. 
Um, and we're going to be tuning in all, all spring. We're just getting started, like you said, and it's good to see you back in recovery. Would you say you had a, you're at a hundred percent now or, or uh, almost? hundred percent is six months and we're coming up to that in about three weeks. So I'm, I'm right around the corner, fellas. Sweet. Well, as a hockey player, sometimes you got to play a little hurt. So That's I think right. you'll be just fine, fine at that. So we appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, we'll, we'll for sure hope to have you on again here. Maybe after a Savannah web.com one. How about that? Love to. Sounds good. Uh, thanks, Dotes. All right, fellas. Have a good day. Yep, you too. See you, Dotes. Later. On the agenda this week, the players, uh, golf's quote-unquote fifth major. Uh, they played at TPC Sawgrass down by uh, Jacksonville Beach, Florida. Um, it's a fun event. It's hard golf course. It's actually one that they say amateurs really – you know, would not enjoy playing except for maybe going to play the 17th hole, the famous Island Green. Um, so with that being said, the big discussion this week is should the players be a fifth major? What do you guys think? Matt, I'm going to say no, but with a clause to it. I don't think, you know, from a record book standpoint, from a history of the game, there's always four majors. I hate that the LPGA Tour went to five. My take would be, the players is not a major unless the PGA Championship is removed as a major to keep it for. I think the players is actually a better tournament. The PGA will see. I mean, the jury's still out. You know, just moved from August to May. But I think having a major early in the season like the players would be a little more riveting for for fans, for gamblers. But you can't go to five majors ever. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. No, take away the Grand Slam. That would take away, that would, that would add Tigers majors. It would just be, you know, it would throw the old record book out the window. Mm-hmm. And and what I'll say too is, you know, old timers like Ben Hogan, Bobby Jones, they used to count the amateurs as majors. A lot of guys will argue that, you know, Jack Nicholas has two amateurs, Tiger Woods has three. Those should be counted. But keep in mind at all times there was four major championships that counted towards that that number. Yeah, no, I agree. Jack, what's your take? I don't think it uh, – yeah, I agree. I don't think it can ever get to five. Now, I don't think the players – sorry, Mac. I don't think it should be replacing the PGA. Um, but I think there's a lot of merit in saying that the players is what I will call a PGA or an American uh, major championship. I think if you win, I think it's undoubtedly the – um, next biggest thing that you can do besides win a a major, but to bring it, bring up a little example, I'll go quick. Um, Ricky Fowler, one of players, right? Uh, Justin Thomas, one of PGA. Now, are we going to go ahead and call those two comparable? I don't think so, in my eyes. So, no, I, no, no. You can never backdate. Okay. Okay. All right. That's, but once it's labored a major. The pressure becomes different. The Agreed. rewards become different. This is one of the biggest purses in golf. It is the biggest purse. It is the biggest purse. So they're playing for that cash already. The I also wanted to mention, too, the new trophy this year, all gold. They're making a huge deal about it. I don't know. I think the PGA Tour has spent way too much money on trying to rebrand this and throw this throw this under the you know major championship bucket. Um, they also hired in a, a whole orchestra to record a new theme song for the for the tournament so we'll see what that sounds like but mm-hmm. they're really playing this up jack mm-hmm. yeah no they are for sure um it's just yeah no there's no way that this can be a major and it, it pissed me off when they talk about it excuse me boys crack my bad it just i feel like and right now like for the past couple tournaments every other commercial has been about the players mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. just straight pj tour money just pounding into that and i it's not a major, and it shouldn't be. And even if they do call it a major at some point, I'll still not call it a major. So that's a little on that. Um, in terms of on the week, the preview for the week, um, Patrick Reed, Tiger Woods, Webb Simpson is paired up together. Uh, that's a pretty interesting pairing uh, considering Patrick Reed's past history with Tiger. Um, they said they wanted to play the Ryder Cup every match together. They ended up not doing that because – Patrick Reed blamed it on Tiger. Um, so a fun pairing there. Um, I don't know if you've heard about Phil Mickelson. He came into the week saying he doesn't even know if he's going to play it yet. And it's so all going to I be- love that. It's all going to depend on how he plays his practice rounds. It's cocky. But now he said he's playing. So practice rounds 
must have been good. Maybe it's because he could wear shorts and it's showing be off the calves. For the majority of you that think <clears throat> that the players shouldn't be and should never be a major, that had to have been music to your ears as a not no. not a yeah. must play event, right? Which I was pretty fired up yep. about as well. They made some course adjustments, did they not? They made it a little bit longer. Yep, a little longer. Yep. Um, hole twelve, drivable par, uh, par four. Going to get a little interesting this year. A lot of overseeding for for TV viewing. They're making a huge deal about the presentation of this track. Keep in mind, what you're seeing out there is not all lush grass. That's just the overseeding. It's trying to make it look great. Um, It will play much softer, and potentially they were thinking it could be windier. Right now I'm looking at the forecasts on my phone. We're looking at 75, 79, 64, 66. Uh, all between 12 and 14 miles per hour wind, which should be just enough to give him a hard time on 17. Keep that in mind. Keep that wind in mind because we do have a bet coming up here in the Caddyshack. So we are going to head over to Caddyshack now, tell you which bets to get in, what slips to place. It's going to be a fun week. This week in the Caddyshack, we have some pretty interesting bets. Uh, we have mostly players, the players' bets, but we also have a bet that you'd like to hear, especially for you Minnesota listeners. Um, first off, I want to talk about who we think is going to win the tournament and what odds they have. Uh, for me, I'm going to start off plus 1,800. So 18-1 to 1 odds, I got Tiger Woods. Uh, I think Tiger has Whoa. a really good chance at winning this week. Um, wow. I, think, I think last week was all a myth about his neck. I think he was just trying to dial in the putter. Uh, so I think Tiger will be there on Sunday playing well. It's never bad to pick Tiger. My next pick, Justin Rose, 20 to 1 odds. Um, how can you not go with this guy? This guy is hot. He is fiery. He is straight and long. So go with Justin Rose. Um, this is his type of golf course. He does everything well. That's what's required at the players. A couple of my long shot picks. First off, Tony Fino, 50 to 1 odds. Um, Tony is a long ball hitter. That's going to be needed this week, long and straight. So I'll go with Tony. Uh, he's looking to win his first tour event in a while. And then my long, long shot. He's been playing okay since coming back from an injury, um, an unfortunate injury, non-golf related. Bud Colley, 250 to 1 odds. Go with Bud if you want a chance to win. Matt, I like those takes. I have a few winners in mind, but the thing when you look at the, the matchups and you know the favorites to win this week, this has traditionally been a course where the favorite does not win. You've got to look at guys in the, you know, the 50 to 1, 80 to 1 type of range that somehow come out of nowhere. This type of course demands great shot at the right time, and you can't fake it around here. I like that being said, I do like JT. It favors a right to left ball flight, which I know he has in the bag. Um, guys like DJ, I don't know, that just hit the cut. The, that left-to-right shot doesn't necessarily favor this, but we are going back to a softer golf course now that it's in March. I like JT at 16-1. to 1. Best value, I think, is Adam Scott at 40-1. to 1. That's plus 4,000. He's won this in the past. He's had great form this year, and he's been striping his irons, which is the big deal at this track. Long shot for the week, Eddie Pepperell, 250-1. to 1. Plus 25,000. This guy's a gritty player. He's going to come out and he's going to hit the right shots at the right time. He might be complaining if there's spike marks on the green, even though with the 2019 rule change, you can repair those. Keep an eye on that. He's kind of a spaz, but he has the grit to win out there. Well, I appreciate that, Mac. And uh, well, I'm going to disagree with you right off the bat. Uh, here are my outright picks. I'm going to start off right away with one that. I want to give you a favorite pick out of you know those five to eight guys that are out of the favorites that who's who's going to get this one done? Dustin Johnson. They made this course a little bit a little bit longer. It's going to require longer off the tee. We know he can do that. He's trending this year. I really think this is a tournament that he can play well at. And um, yeah, lock in Dustin Johnson. You're going to give it. You're going to get it at plus. Uh, 1200 which isn't great in terms of odds for outright, but cash it in. Two value picks that I want you guys to take. Uh, number one, Siwoo Kim. We got him at plus 7,000. Lock that in because, one, Siwoo Kim, he's hot. 
you don't need to lay a lot on this bet where it's a big payout. He's either hot or he's not. He's won this golf tournament before. I really think he can do it. He loves that right to right to left ball flight. And we like Mac mentioned, you need that at this course. Uh, another value pick, and I went with him last week. Matthew Fitzpatrick, I love him this week. He does hit it far. He likes to hit it right to left, and he is itching for that last win. So those are my those are my three outright picks, boys. All right, now we have some matchups. Um, my first matchup is John Rahm uh, versus Bryson DeChambeau. DeChambeau has been super cold as of late. I feel like this is not a type of golf course that he likes. Uh, so I'm going to go with John Rahm, minus one and a half shots. So he's got to beat Bryson by two um, at minus 105. Uh, so that's my first matchup. My next matchup, Tiger Woods, uh, plus 105 versus Ricky Fowler. Ricky's a streaky player. I know he's won here in the past. Um, so I, I think that this this matchup really base, is based off Ricky. So if Ricky doesn't play well, Tiger will still make the cut. I obviously picked Tiger to win this week as well. Um, so that's why I'm going with that matchup. My last but not least, and this is just odds-based. Do I think it's going to happen? It's probably coin flip. So Jordan Spieth versus Lucas Glover. Jordan Spieth is plus 125. I know he hasn't been playing good at all, but... It's going to be about time that uh, Jordan starts to take over this uh, tour again. So I'm going Jordan Spieth, uh, plus 125 versus Lucas Glover. What do you guys got for matchups? Yeah, Matt, I, I like those. Um, the ones that I had in mind were Adam Scott over Jason Day. You can recall Jason Day recently pulling out of the Arnold Palmer Invitational through six holes. I still don't think he's quite ready to go. Um, you need to be in fantastic form and sharp. Coming into this week, Adam Scott's that. That's minus 105. I like JT over DJ. I know Jack picked DJ. But I think JT's iron play is superior at this course. Uh, That's plus 110, underdog there. Finally, I like C. Wu Kim over uh, Matt Wallace. Matt Wallace has been playing fantastic. I don't know if he has the... You know, the reason Tiger likes to play here is because he can separate himself with ball striking, with shot shaping. I think Siwoo Kim is more refined than Matt Wallace. I know Wallace has the grit, uh, but I like Siwoo Kim at an underdog plus 120. I absolutely agree with you on that last bet, but let me just give a little bit of of a shout-out to to Matt Wallace. I saw his tweet after the round on Sunday. Obviously, he was disappointed. Dejected. Oh, but my God, I love that guy's tenacity and how much he cares and how much he doesn't care about what other people think of his raw emotions on that golf course. I do like Matt Wallace, but that being said, I'm locking in Siwoo Kim. I took him on my outright. I really think this is going to be a week for him. He obviously loves the course. He won it when he was like 21 years old, so he's got the game for it. Like you were saying, he's got the shots for it. So I got Siwoo Kim over Matt Wallace, another one. This is actually kind of a no-brainer, what I will like to refer to as a lock. (laughs) Now, hey, I will say, from from your Um, mortal lock, you've been called out by a couple listeners. Yeah. One of them being Jake Hockett. He's like... Is the dude ever going to get a border lock right? It's going to come very soon. So I'm going to go against you on this one. one. I don't even know what it is. Actually, I'd love for you to go against me on this one. Matthew Fitzpatrick over Louis Oosthuizen. Take Fitzpatrick. Please go Oosthuizen. I I love you. I I hate Oosthuizen, so no, I'm off on that one. Okay. Well, I got Fitzpatrick over Oosthuizen on that one. I just, I just, I don't know. I'm looking at this black and white, and I see, I see Fitzpatrick taking that one. And then my last one, like mentioned, uh, I got Spieth over Glover. This one. Kind of seems like a no-brainer among among us. I mean, my actually my bookie's got it at plus one thirty-five. Ooh, okay, yeah, which really? is nice. So I got a I got a Spieth over Glover. That's that's kind of where I'm at on those. So those are my three my three matchups. Alrighty, another bet. It's a prop bet, and the prop bet is over under the amount of golf balls in the water on hole seventeen. The over under of golf balls is thirty nine and a half. A little history of the past five years. 53 balls, 69, 36, 45, 28. What are you guys going with? 39 and a half. I got going over. over. And I'll tell you why. It's going to play a little bit softer. Yep. And I just, I've seen a lot of balls on 17 take that bad bounce and hop in the water. That's my that's my justification. I'm going to take the over, over 39. Okay. Oh, boys. I'm actually, I'm torn on this one. I think my concern is, 
is because it's playing softer, they're hitting that 130 to 150 shots. You know, they could face that northeast wind that they're scared of, which is a little into the face. I could see them hitting it to the top, ripping it back, past the pin, in the water, short. And so for that reason, I'm taking the over. I don't think they're expecting that uh, that type of play because they, you know, they're more scared of one hopping it over the back, like Jack said. I'm going to take the over as well. I'm also going to take the over. Uh, so, I mean... Nothing out of the ordinary. Consensus. Consensus. I mean, that's probably it's going to be the under now because that's why Vegas is typically right. Um, same reasons. Northerly win. Just stuff like that. It's cold. Players aren't aren't going to be into it. You know, it's it's going to be tough. So I'm going the over as well. The more, the, the more you say, I, honestly, the over under. If it was set at 49, 49 and a half, I'd go. I'd go over. I love that. And you're going to see some guys drop it at the hundred yard mark. And still spin it back in the water, potentially one hop it over. You might see two balls from one guy in the water on the same same hole. But the more you say that in the tough conditions, the more I come back to Matt, your bet, Matty Ice taking Tiger Woods. Was it eighteen to one? Yep. Eighteen to one. Only player to ever do this in March and, and May. Yep. And he also won the US Am here with that fantastic sombrero type bucket hat. What do you call that? Mm-hmm. In 1994, he won the USA here. Straw hat, thank you. And so the more that makes me want to, you know, pull that Tiger bet, maybe a live bet mid-round. All right, our last bet. uh, It's pretty specific towards our Minnesota listeners, Um, and it's a bet amongst us. You guys can chime in. Actually, speaking of chiming in, please send in, uh, you know, questions and whatnot. We love those viewer questions. It gives us stuff to talk about. Um, So in terms of this bet, um, when are we going to be able to play our first round of golf? Now, right now, there's about a foot and a half of snow left on the ground. However, the forecast looks bright. So, I'm going to go with, now, we, we are categorizing this. Our friends at Southern Hills Golf Course, they're typically one of the first to open. So, if you're looking to play golf, go to Southern Hills. Great friend of the pod. Great friend of the pod. A huge friend of the pod. I used to actually work there a little bit. So, anyways... When can you play your first round of golf based on when Southern Hills is open? I'm going Friday, March 29th. Oh, boy. Tell you what, Matt, a couple weeks ago I would have said you're absolutely crazy. Still, I'm sticking with my original bet for the beginning of the year, Thursday of Masters Week, April 11th. That's my pick. Ooh. Jack? Well, I got April 8th. I April think it'll May. happen on a Monday. I think they're going to start off the week strong. Um, I don't think it's as early as March, as although I would love it to be. But uh, I got April 8th, guys, on this one. Alrighty, that's uh, That's right between us. So you got a decent chance to win. I'm actually hoping it's the under of under March 29th. But we'll see, I guess. Let us know what you guys think. I know you guys are all across the state. Some of you that are in Florida, Arizona, obviously you're playing now, so get out of here um that being said feel free to hit that subscribe button give us a five-star rating if you think we're doing a good job give us some feedback plus give us some more to talk about this is fun we've had a lot of viewer submissions uh we're catching up with some of them but the more the merrier on that yeah for sure it's gonna be a great week at uh the players um should be fun pulling for tire to win i already locked in my one bet for him so nice it, uh it's gonna be a good week for him typically when i do that i win money but and Anyways, keep an eye on Justin Doden this year on the McKenzie Tour. Yeah, we got to thank Justin for coming out. Um, had a great time with his interview. And, yeah, I really hope to uh, see him do well this year. i actually hoping to get up and caddy for him a couple times. So. Absolutely. Uh, well, I uh, hit balls for maybe 20 minutes, play a little bit, smoke four or five cigarettes, drink three Diet Cokes, and go to the first tee. Some days I won't even go to the range. She tired, little money, need a big boy Pull up 20-inch blades like I'm Lil Troy Now it's everybody flocking, need a decoy Shorty mixing up the vodka with the liquor G-Wagon, 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 G-Wagon All the housewives pulling up I got a lot of toys 720-inch pumping fallout boy You was talking shit in the beginning Back when I was feeling unforgiving I know I pissed you off to see me winning See the ink glue in my mouth and I'll be grinning Hundred bands in my pocket, it's on me. Hundred deep when I roll like the army. Get my bottles, these bottles are lonely. It's a moment when I show up, got them saying why. 
Touchdown, eh?